Heal yourself. Heal yourself. That's it. That's what you're here to do. Creativity is only blocked by your unhealed stuff and your programs that reflect your shadow self. That's it. Creativity flows through you easily when you are unblocked, when you are healed, when you're elevated, when you are whole. And so the whatever wants to be created through you, it just will. Welcome to the Art and Life podcast with your host, Taylor Gallegos. Art exists all around us, in all directions, from all walks of life. We just need to know how to see it. The Art and Life podcast is an experiment in an audio format that focuses on the art and philosophy involved with different people and their life paths. This experiment is intended to inspire you in your creative pursuits, whatever they may be. Follow along as I interview movers and shakers from all walks of life. It's possible to make a life from your art, skill, craft, or vision. These interviews showcase that fact. Listen while you work. Listen while you create. Listen while you dream up the next big breakthrough. First off, I want to say thank you for listening. The people being interviewed and I are two parts of the podcast, but it wouldn't be complete without you, the listener. I very much appreciate your attention and your energy, and I hope you get as much out of this as I do. If you enjoy what you hear, you can join me on this artistic journey in many ways. You can subscribe to the show, leave a review, and share it around. You can join the conversation on the Art and Life Facebook group, where we discuss topics from the shows. You can join my email list on my website at taylorgallegosart.com on the contact page. And while you're there, check out the new artwork I've been creating. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at taylorgallegosart. And finally, you can support my art and the Art and Life podcast on my Patreon page. Just search Taylor Gallegos Art. So again, a deep and sincere thank you for being here. Now, on to the good stuff. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Gallegos, once again. And uh, with me today, I have a really awesome guest that I'm totally pumped on. Uh, I've done a lot of work with this person. Uh, we know each other really well, and we've known each other through the years. And um, yeah, and I've actually been hoping to get her on the podcast since season one. And it's just one of those uh, episodes that doesn't quite line up and doesn't line up. And now it's here. So it's perfect. So I'm totally pumped on this. Um, why don't we just dive in? Rachel, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Taylor. I'm excited to be here with you. Definitely. Definitely. So this is Rachel Fiore. She is a mystical therapist, a radical spiritual teacher, and an all-around magical human being. So um, Rachel, why don't you... Uh, 
just fill us in who you are, where you're from, how you got to where you're at and what it is you do with your life. Mm, Yeah. Simple question. Start off easy. Real easy. Real little ones. (laughs) So, um, as you mentioned, I'm I'm originally from the United States, um, Pennsylvania originally. I live in San Diego, California. This is my forever home. I've been here about 12 years now. And um, yeah, I am a mystical therapist, a radical spiritual teacher, an elite coach for high profile people. I do a lot of things. Um, I have had a very interesting and intricate journey to get to where I am. And it all started with my abilities as a child, as a psychic, as a healer, all the psychic gifts that I had, um, and feeling very confused and lonely a lot of the time, not understanding why I was so different from other people. And my life's journey has been really a journey into myself, in healing, in growing, evolving, and allowing the universe to guide me to fulfill my mission, which is awaken the consciousness of the collective of humanity, so that we can really heal ourselves, elevate ourselves, and lead ourselves into the new golden age of harmony. That's what's to come. And that's one of the reasons why I'm here. So that's what I do in a nutshell. (laughs) That's what I do in a nutshell. I'm sure there are a lot of questions about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's lots of questions and everybody's well, okay. So for me, my first question is maybe can you, can you walk us through some of those first experiences that you had as a child? Like what, what really woke you up to this reality that like, you're not an average human being? I think so. I, I realized the things that I could see in other people, no one else could see. And I, you know, back then, we didn't have internet. You didn't grow up with a smartphone next to your baby bottle. Like you didn't have those things, <laughs> you know, so there you couldn't Google and search. What does this mean? I feel very different. Why does no one see what I can see? Um, so it was, cha- it was very challenging to understand. It took a long time for me to understand what it was, the precognition, being an empath, having the sensitivities that I have, having the healing gifts that I have, being as psychic as I am. It wasn't, um, you know, fun and joyful and it was lonely, you know, so part of the challenge is, you know, growing up in an extraordinarily abusive household. Um, I had a bipolar, uh, mentally ill, very abusive stepfather. And, you know, my first real shift into awakening was when I was 13, right before he unleashed another, you know, rage episode on me because I got an A minus and I was stupid and an A minus doesn't count as an A. That's what he was raging on me about. And I knew the abuse was about to come. And right in that moment, I actually had an out of body experience where I just, my soul kind of left my body and I was looking down on the two of us in my living room. And at first I was looking up at him like, oh, I finally got the A because I had a B last time. So it was like, you know, I was really stupid, really a failure then. Got the A minus and then he just unleashed that it would, you know, this doesn't even count as an A, it's an A minus. And that out of body experience, I looked at the two of us and I said, oh my God, this has nothing to do with me. And I also heard the message like, this has nothing to do with you. Stop taking his abuse so personally. And it was just a million tons of weight lifted off of my shoulders. And I realized in that moment, all of his abuse, it's not personal. 
these are his programs. These are his wounds. This is his unhealed, you know, traumas and inner child wounds. He's just projecting them onto me. And from that point forward till now, you know, um, it has been my mission to understand what all of that really meant, what that out of body experience really was, and to become a person who doesn't abuse and harm people the way that I was harmed. So really it was about self-growth discovery and healing myself so that I wouldn't show up as a human like he was showing up as a human. And that's been my own personal journey. I never planned on helping people. I wanted to make sure I just didn't harm people. That really was my, my goal when I was young. Yeah. And <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what, like what an amazing um, like insight for you to have. And it's really, uh, did that insight change your relationship with him it changed my relationship with myself yeah it changed my relationship with myself because he wasn't going to change right. and I, I i can't change another human in that sense i have no control it's one of our biggest lessons we have to learn as humans and that it was me changing myself and what i realized and learned at that young age was that when I was trying to get, oh my God, I got a B, how could I get a B? You know, and I'm trying to get the A. I was trying to get the A for someone outside of me. It's the wrong reason to get an A. And so never again did I run the programs of low self-worth. I'm not good enough. I'm a people pleaser. It was awakening to the programs that I developed, that everybody develops in their childhood in their whatever circumstances they may have. And it was, I no longer got good grades. I didn't give a shit what he thought about my report card after that. I never gave a shit. I didn't give a fuck. It was, I could care less. You want to ground me for three months because I didn't get an A plus this time. That's your fucking prerogative. I have no choice. I'm a kid, but it isn't going to affect me because I'm not getting good grades for you any longer. That's the wrong reason to succeed or do well. Right. So I then only got good grades. I worked my ass off. I worked really hard at everything I've accomplished in life, but it was for me. It was for me. It was for me. And that was the biggest shift as a child when I was still a child. I no longer did it to get approval from anybody else. It was, do I feel good about the human that I'm becoming? And that's what drove me to succeed and accomplish and do the things I wanted to do in life, whether it was sports, grades, you know, whatever. Wow. Yeah. That's so awesome to have that realization so young, because I mean, I think some people could go through their whole entire lives without realizing that sort of a thing. Absolutely. I do. It's really cool because uh, on the podcast, this is like the 84th episode and I've, um, I've talked a lot about like the people pleasing element of me and how mm -hmm. that's something I've had to work through. And this is great listeners, because this is Rachel. This is who I worked with to help me <laughs> extract all of that and like work through that. And like, it's so cool. I mean, you and I've done um, probably like three or four individual sessions. And then like we've done with work with me and you and Haley, and there's been some really amazing stuff there. And like, um, but the people pleaser element is really, I think a really powerful thing because it's like, it's so elemental that like when we're being raised, there's sort of the like carrot that's put in front of us to do well, to succeed, to do good, not bad, all these things. That's kind of like how you get trained mm -hmm. as a human 
Um, but if it's not done like consciously by the parents, then it seems like that's how things can get really like twisted up in a human when they get older. There you go. That's exactly it. It's that you're, you're training your, your child versus teaching your child in a conscious way. You're training them, you're brainwashing them to be what you want them to be instead of guiding them in a very conscious, healthy way that allows them discover, to discover for themselves who their soul came here to be. Your soul came here to achieve, to be things, to experience things. Your soul already chose that for you. It isn't your parents in human form. It's none of their business what you came here to do. <laughs> they have no part in it, you know, other than they're supposed to be your first guides in learning how to do that. And you're supposed to work out your karma and your unhealed stuff with them. That's why you chose them, you know. So when we're really young, parents make that mistake because they're not enlightened. You know, we weren't raised by enlightened parents. So they make the mistake of trying to train you to just listen to them, you know, and be what they expect you to be instead of how can you be the most magnificent version of you? Is this loving or unloving? Is this kind or unkind? Is this thoughtful or not thoughtful? Let's think about what you're choosing and how you want to be. Who do you want to be? And that's how, in a conscious way, how we, we would raise children, right? And when we don't learn that, we learn that, oh, I have to do this. If I do this, I'll get praise from mommy or daddy. And that's how I get love. And that's that people-pleasing program. That's how it's implanted. That's how that seed is planted. And then it sprouts and grows because when you show up in the way they want you to, they give you quote-unquote love. And when you don't show up in that way, what happens? They either dismiss you, ignore you, scold you, punish you. They, they have some negative reaction to you instead of, oh, well, let's talk about why you're showing up in this way over here. What does this mean? You know, and allowing a child to develop, not just increase their cognitive ability, critical thinking, but their spiritual thinking, their spiritual wisdom, you know, why you're showing up the way you're showing up and why you're choosing what you're choosing. And let's work through it and talk through it. How does this feel to you and why, you know, and you want to show up in a different way than I want you to. Well, let's talk about it. You know, and that's how in a conscious way, that's how we would raise our children. We weren't raised that way. And so what we do now is we learn what our programs are. So the people pleasing program is actually a pro it's a program of low self-worth. I'm not good enough as I am. I need to prove myself. I need acknowledgement from other people to show me I'm worthy. No wonder it never works. Only temporarily, only briefly, we get that thank you or the accolades or the approval. And then guess what? It's gone. And then we're left with the emptiness again. And then we just repeat that program over and over and over and wonder why we never feel whole, whether it's in our relationships, romantic, friendships, or otherwise, right? And when we realize the only person I need to please is myself, do I feel good about who I am as a human? And when I feel really good about who I am as a human, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It makes no difference what anybody else thinks. And it doesn't mean a lot of people, they, their ego mind gets, gets tricked and starts to take over when I say that. Because they automatically think that you can go be an asshole to people and you don't give a shit how that affects people. Oh, no, that's not what I'm saying. 
go deeper than that. What we're saying is when you know you're a good human, that means you're going to take radical responsibility for the times you do screw up. We're human. We make mistakes. We're going to be shitty sometimes for crying out loud. (laughs) You know, like, let's just get real. That's the human part of us. But if I take radical ownership of that and I come from integrity and I'm not here to harm and I am selfless and I am thoughtful for myself and also for others, then I can go to sleep at night knowing I am a really good human. It doesn't mean I don't make mistakes. It means I'm willing to learn from the mistakes that I do make. And when I can show up in the world like that, of why would you ever give a shit what anybody says? Why would you try to please other people? I'm here to please my soul. That's who I'm here to please. I'm here to please my soul. That is an aspect of source that sent me here on a mission to do what I'm here to do and to learn what I'm here to learn and to make the mistakes I'm here to make. I'm here to please my soul. If you don't like it, that's your problem. I don't give a shit. We have to learn to come from power. And it doesn't mean I wish anyone harm or judge. Don't make that mistake. You're not here to judge anybody else or criticize or be mean or think you're superior, but you're here to please your soul. So let's start doing that. And then we wouldn't be pissing everybody off to begin with. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and it's really cool because um, w- one thing that stood out there is it feels like the old paradigm is like parents teaching or training the what and the how of how to act in society. You know, this is what you do. This is what you don't do. This is how you do it. This is how you don't do it. Um, but what they're not doing in that sense is the why. Yes. And then you said why multiple times right after that. It's like the why is actually the most important thing because you can do those like what's and how's throughout your, you know, kid childhood, teens into your adult years, but then like if you're if you're not like in a system that, you know, like maybe you have a career where you're in a system that you're being used that way, it'll work, but if you're not, if you're an independent person or maybe like you start questioning the what and the how, then like what you're left with is why. And if you don't know the why or anything about that, then you're going to have sort of like an existential situation going on. And then the other thing you said was like, feel, how does it feel? And that's so huge too, is like, you're not just, like you said, you're not just like disregarding others in, in actually you're like learning how to do things and then how, and then asking yourself, how does that feel? Yeah, because you learn how to then be very deeply connected to your emotional body. That's the feminine energy that is the wisdom that's meant to guide us, you see. And so if I'm really deeply connected to my emotional body, and I am always, you know, uh, reaching a higher level, an acute level of self-awareness, I'm able to feel and read the energies, not just within myself, but within others, That's one of the gifts of being so connected emotionally with your own emotional body, right? Is it allows you to feel the impact that you have on other people when you show up in certain ways. So the question of why am I doing this is a very good question, because first of all, it's going to, it's going to help guide you to what programs from your ego, what dysfunctional, unhealthy programs you're running and, and who's in charge, your ego self, your shadow self, or your soul self. Right. So the asking why is always really important, but also how does it make me feel? 
and really getting that um, developing that acute self-awareness with your emotional body, because you cannot make someone else feel in a very negative way and you not feel it too. We are one. But if you're not aware of these things and you're not paying attention to these things, you'll be oblivious to these things, right? So it's first understanding how you're feeling all the time. And that allows you to have a deeper connection and a deeper level of compassion to what other people are feeling and why, right? So asking why going into how we feel is very important because the way we feel and understanding that is pure divine communication. That's how spirits and formless selves and our higher soul communicate with us from the other side anyway, while we're in human form. So it's getting in touch with that mystical side that is meant to guide us through our human lives while we're here. Remember, we're divine soul having a human experience. We're both soul and human. We are both. We're not one or the other. And when we don't realize that we're, we're both, we can't become whole. We can't fully heal and become whole. We have to identify and recognize and understand our soul self and our human self and integrate those. We're both. That's part of what we do at Masters of Self University. That's the kind of coaching that we offer to heal your soul and your human self and integrate those healed aspects. And that's what then guides you through life. Love it. That's a really cool way of thinking about it too, is that we're not, because thinking of our, ourselves as just human, um, I feel like it doesn't, it, it just misses a huge part of everything and that, and like that divine nature that we all have. And I mean, that's what you see in a, like a, a child is they have this like divine purity and then they haven't really become a human yet. Now an adult, we've like gone through the process of being like developing our human side, but there's still that divine essence also. And it's really nice to like keep that in mind because then, yeah, you're human and you can have these human errors and you, you'll forgive yourself for that, but you're also so much more. Exactly. Exactly. Your soul came here to have a human experience in order to learn, in order to grow, in order to expand. You know, we're infinite beings, but we are here temporarily in a human body and we're meant to have a human experience. You know, a lot of people will start a spiritual path or they start to awaken and they go so woo woo, they completely deny that they're human anymore. And here you are in a human body and they'll never become whole that way. That's one of the mistakes people make on the spiritual path is they then deny that they're even human anymore. Well, you're still human. Like, I hate to break it to you, you know, <laughs> pinch your skin, look at yourself. Like you still take a crap every morning, you know, you still like, you still do human things. There's no getting out of that. You're here in human form, you know, but we grow up denying our divine aspect, our spiritual aspects. You know, we're denying our soul that we're a formless being. We learn that that's our conditioning. And so we have to kind of reawaken to that when we grow up by healing our shadow self, healing our egos, our, all of our programs and unhealed wounds. We have to heal all that so that it stops blocking our divinity from being able to integrate and flow through us. But it never means when we have that incredible healing, it never means that we're no longer human. And it doesn't mean that you won't have challenges. There's no such thing. You know, you can be in, in flow consciousness and experience this life, but you're still going to have challenges 
because in the earth school, that's what allows you to grow. The challenges are what allow you to expand and go to the level higher than your current level of consciousness. Now it's that simple. That's why we're here. Yeah. I like that. Now, um, the earth school, uh, one thing that's really stood out to me about all the teachings that I've, I've gone through with you is, uh, how your childhood years like the formation of your first like seven or eight years affects your life so far into the future and then how you can also um like have you know triggers will happen in your life and then that'll bring you back to these formative years and then you can actually heal yourself there absolutely so we don't yeah we we don't realize we reenact our childhoods over and over and over because what we're not taught growing up, we don't learn this, you know, growing up, that our first part of our lives are literally for a soul to learn how to be human. And in those first seven years, our subconscious mind is completely programmed to be whatever human your parents or your living situation is raising you and teaching you to be. Your human, your brain waves change between the ages of six and seven. So those programs by the age of seven are solidified in. That's it. Almost all of the programs people run, no matter what they are, people pleasing, fear, scarcity, or lack, they were programmed in there by the age of seven. And then they just reenact it over and over and reinforce them for the rest of your lives. And we don't know it. How we do know it and become aware of them are through your triggers. You see that you're triggered by something that means you are pulled out of peace. You're triggered. It means you've been pulled out of 100% peace. If you're not 100% peaceful, something is activated within you. Fear, anxiety, anger, frustration, overwhelm. You've been pulled out of peace. Something's been triggered. That means a program is running. And the program running almost always is one from childhood, almost always. And so the mystical you know, healing part of this that I offer and that the coaches I train offer now is that you can go back and see exactly what programs you're running. We teach this, the surface programs and how to link back and connect the dots to the core. What is the root really? What is the root cause? And um, almost always that's something that's completely hidden in your blind spot. That's why I offer the work that I do be really frustrating not understand why you're so stuck or struggling or you know can't have a healthy romantic relationship or why you're still struggling with money or why you can't be successful or whatever it might be for you it's because you have programs running that's why and our subconscious programs are meant to keep us exactly as we are so when you try to change your programs actually get activated and run more strongly it's like no 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 we're programmed to be this. That's why people, you know, you hear the saying like, oh, change is so hard. It isn't that it's hard. It's that we don't understand what's really going on. We don't understand in terms of programs and the root core of those programs. You understand that you can change them very easily. Right. It's like you're, it's like we're steeped in a certain tea um, for the first seven years of our lives. And then that like, and then we're, we're that for the rest. And so then to change out of that formation, to change from this kind of a T to another kind of T is like a real challenge because yeah. every, it seems, well, and as like a 
a parent, what the parent is trying to do for a child is keep them safe and in the only ways that they know how. Right. And so then they are doing the best they can, but they're, they don't realize that they're exactly know, rubbing off or imprinting on the child exactly. in a way that might hold them back. And people, I mean, everybody's just raised by the generation before them and like, you know, before this whole time period was like the baby boomers and before them was like the war years. And, you know, there's, there's just so much imprinting that happened in all that time. So much imprinting. And this is the beautiful part about this time period is people are being challenged to really awaken and to heal all the ancestral, all the generational traumas and also the programs you know, the, the unconscious programs that we run that keep us limited and small instead of expansive, awakened, living in oneness, you know, living in harmony with one another, supporting one another. That's the challenge that we have in this lifetime. This is the lifetime we're meant to really achieve this. And so that's why you see all the crazy things happening in the world, because in order to, you know, bring the light to the darkness, you have to literally bring the light to the darkness. You have to shine the light on it, which means we bring it to the surface. We see what is there, what it is. And then you go in with the light and you transform the darkness that you see. You don't run from it. You don't run from darkness. You know, weak people don't heal. Warriors do. And warriors go into their own darkness. So people often want to make, you know, global change and changes in the world. Look at this crazy world and all this shit going on with the pandemic and all the, you know, government controlling, you know, all the things that people are so, you know, in an uproar about. But what they don't understand is in order to change the macro, you have to be willing to change the micro. That means you have to be willing to change at an individual level because you're only seeing a reflection, a mere reflection of what you got going on inside of you. And until we're willing to take responsibility for me, myself, and I, and how I show up, what, you know, oh, it'll be controlled by government. Mm, how many control programs do you run? Oh, I don't run control programs, but my child must be what I say. That's a control program. <laughs> what are you talking about? And that's the work that we offer at Masters of Self University. It's awakening to how we are actually showing up versus how we like to think we're showing up. Because people are so afraid to go into their darkness. They're so shamed. They're so embarrassed by it. They want everybody on you know, social media to see only their best selves. And meanwhile, they got all this shit going on in the background. Instead of just, oh my gosh, this is the human part of me meant to get really muddy, really dirty, really messy and go into my pain so I can learn how to become a powerful being. Because powerful beings fall in love with their pain they meet their pain with light and love. They don't run from it. They don't cope from it. They don't feed their addiction in order to numb it. You see, they don't run. They don't run escapism programs. They go into their pain. And that's what we teach because that's a powerful being. You know, you're triggered, you're activated in fear or anxiety or depression. Let's go into that pain and start to shine the light of your powerful love onto it. What does that mean? What does that feel like? What does that look like? And we teach you step-by-step step how to do it. Now suddenly you're a more powerful being who can heal their own pain. Yeah, because I mean, if you are aware of your own, uh, you know, I, I guess like shortcomings or downfall, you know, negative sides or anything like that, if you can be aware of that and then sit with that and then um, heal it, make it whole, like you're 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 just more and more invincible as a person. Like there aren't those sides of you that are like like, um, like open wounds. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I love that you use the word invincible because you become that. That is exactly what this work is. It really, life is always going to give you challenge and you'll always experience, you know, moments of pain. And, you know, anybody that says you'll never have pain, oh, once you're awakened or healed, you'll never have pain. They're full of shit. Don't follow those people or go ahead, follow those people, but you'll learn the hard way how painful life is if you follow that kind of bullshit, because it's nothing but bullshit. You won't have any more suffering. There's a difference. No human has to suffer. All humans are going to have pain. And my easiest example I throw out is um, if you picked three people or five people, your closest loved ones, the people you love the most on the, in this world, I don't care if it's a romantic partner, I don't care if it's family members, friends, the people you love the most right now, this minute died in a plane crash. You're telling me you're not going to feel pain? Give me a break positive vibes only. That's such bullshit. Positive vibes. only. You're going to jump for joy when that happens. Really? You're only going to feel positive vibes when your people you love the most just died in a plane crash. Give me a break. You're always here to experience pain. There will be moments of pain. How do you show up when there's pain? That's that lets you know your true level of consciousness. Do you love and nurture yourself and others through your pain and through their pain? Or do you get reactionary? That's a true test of what your level of consciousness is. Do you run from it? Do you hide? Do you suppress it? Because that's all low emotional IQ. That's low level of consciousness. Or do you dive into the pain with the power of your love? That's what we teach at Masters of Self University, how to be authentically powerful, how to be divinely powerful, how to use power versus force. Because that's how you heal. And that's how moments of pain never turn into wounds, unhealed wounds or suffering. They're just a temporary experience when you show up with your own pain with nothing but love and nurturing for it as you move through it. Yeah, <clears throat> there's like a kind of like a neutrality that you bring, like a, a neutral fullness of yourself, I guess that you would bring to like positive experiences and negative experiences and like um like open-heartedly face the challenge you whatever got it, it is. you got it i love that word it's living your life in heart-centeredness and you can't be heart-centered if your heart is closed and people experience a lot of suffering because they move through lives we've learned to, to move through our lives with a closed heart but only a closed heart can break. An open heart can't break. An open heart can transform pain very magically and powerfully when it's opened, fully opened. And then your pain is only a temporary experience. It's not a lifelong event. That's the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this makes me think about just like, <clears throat> I guess like, women do this too but men especially are trained and taught to not show emotion and to hold things in and keep a stiff upper lip and you know don't cry mm -hmm. and I just feel like like that's that's just teaching people to be this like to have this like shell around their heart yeah doesn't allow them to to feel things as much to connect as much to express yep. to face things like this like like men are just expected to uh you know like have a loss and then just go right back and just be the champion or whatever yeah and and the, I mean, the too, but men especially yeah absolutely and the funny thing about it is it's, it teaches men to be weak 
that's not power. Right. And then we keep, we teach from the time, you know, this is, and this is toxic patriarchy. We don't talk a lot about how toxic patriarchy abuses boys and men, you know, as horrible as it has been for women, you know, that we have to heal and shift. It is also horrible for men because it keeps men weak. You know, when you have a low emotional IQ, you can't handle anything because you know, you don't have the emotional resilience. You're supposed to pretend like nothing affects you. You're so disconnected from your emotional body that you can't have empathy or you resort to all the addictions that you might have or coping strategies because the pain is there, but you run from it. You don't want to feel it because you're not strong enough to feel your own pain and love your own pain. Like this is the result of that distorted, unhealthy, you know, toxic patriarchy that we've lived in for so many centuries now. You're human. You're not a robot. You know, you're human. So men, if we would raise them in a conscious way, it's you can have your emotions. Emotions are your divine soul actually communicating with you that something's a little off. That's divinity talking to you. So when we rob ourselves of that, we are literally ripping out our connection to divinity and then wondering why we suffer so much and we're so unhealthy in our relationships, right? And then we can't grow up. There's not spiritual or emotional maturity that happens because we don't know how to be emotionally resilient and step into our power during painful times. Um, men, I've had a lot of men who've come to me over the years for coaching. And one of the things some of them will say is I'm really afraid this is going to open the floodgates and I'm not going to be able to control myself emotionally. They're so afraid to feel emotion. And the, the amazing magical thing that happens is when they do move through, they learn what it means to be powerful. So they gain their, take them step-by-step step in growing the power of transformation, the power of transformational healing. That's what you learn with this level of coaching that we teach at Master of Self University. And so they become more powerful over time. And then they're like, oh my God, this was the most the scariest and most excruciating, painful event of my life. And I moved through this and I can't stop smiling. You know, I just had a client say it to me uh, uh, last week. I was so afraid and all the months I've been coaching with you, I've been so afraid to tell this part, to, to share this. And he finally revealed this really deep, dark, ugly, you know, part of his life. And I said, well, you know, you know what we're going to do. You know how to do it now. So let's go in and heal it. You ready to heal it? And of course, he's very willing. He's at that level. So we can go into the darkest part of him, so to speak. And, you know, we did a 20 minute, you know, transformational healing on it. And he came out of that and his whole body was just light and he couldn't stop smiling. And he said, I was so afraid as well as I know you, I was so afraid. I was so ashamed to share that about myself in, in our coaching sessions. Well, I haven't done it yet. And I can't believe the ugliest part about me. I can't stop smiling. And I feel like a million bucks. You know, it's the most, it's the most beautiful thing to witness. And that's the result of learning the, this process and learning what it means to become powerful so you can go into your darkness and transform it into the light. That's the mystical, magical part of this work. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it's cool to think about the, like what effect that's having on like the world and society and, you know, individual people. When, when individual people change, then that 
that has a snowball effect in the real world and and there's there's an evolution of consciousness that's happening yes through people it's really cool yeah it's amazing it's beautiful oh that's awesome um okay well i think we're into the time period of uh part one questions you ready for that sure okay cool so these are the questions that i've been asking everybody this season um question one is well and this is all in terms of you living a life doing what you love you have created the masters of self university you've been doing this independently for a long time um which you know this show is about people creatives of all backgrounds like finding their way and and making it in whatever way that they want to so uh question one is about your breakthrough moment when did you have a breakthrough that like really got you to the level of you know consciousness or like business and all of it intertwined like when did you become you and how did that and what was that like um I would say the moment I realized I broke the I broke free from the programming of of force shifted from force to power and what that means is I no longer kept running with you know predominantly masculine energy where you have to make everything happen. Here are your goals, lay it out. Here's what you have to achieve. Here's what you have to do. And here's how you have to do it. It's so ass backwards. We've learned to be so ass backwards and how divinity works. When I shifted out of that to being completely open, focusing only on myself and my healing and my elevation, then things just come and they happen in perfect divine timing. You can't force it you know, or you're going to have a lot of shit and tough lessons that come with you forcing life. And so I don't, you know, I don't do anything, but be who my higher soul wants me to be. And when I constantly focus on elevating myself and learning from my mistakes and growing and healing all the times, that's my number one focus and priority. Everything else just comes to me. And your, you know, my divine guidance, I don't make choices unless my soul tells me do this. And I don't have to always understand why that's a stupid little, you know, pea brain, human brain getting in the way that's mind getting in the way. It's this is what's next. This is what's coming. Okay. Or it's not time yet. Okay. Well, guess what? I think the universe knows better than I do. <laughs> so I stopped forcing life and I allowed it to just happen. And then the universe tells me how I'm supposed to grow and how I'm supposed to show up for what's coming. Right. That's what our challenges do. They prepare us for what's coming for you. So you better be prepared. And that's how I live my life. It was I let go of trying to make things happen and I just stay open and receptive and I work on being a better version of me every day of my life. And then everything just comes to you and it comes to you because you're actually ready to receive it. Now, a lot of people want things to happen right now. You're not ready to handle what's coming. It's, you got to grow up more. You have to become more powerful. You have to raise your emotional IQ. You know, there's a lot of things that you need to grow and, and become before you can have the things you think you want. I let go of thinking I want anything. And I just say, the universe knows better. Give me what what will benefit me in every way. And it happens. It comes all the time. Cool. <laughs> I like that. Go with the flow. Yeah. The universe. Yep. Um, okay, now uh, you mentioned flow consciousness earlier. Flow state is a thing that I'm real, real into these days. Now, flow state. What was? What is a favorite flow state moment that you have experienced in your life? 
I would say a lot of the business opportunities that come to me that I'm not trying to get, I'm not seeking them out and incredible opportunities. I mean, you know, Masters of Self University is global and there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of global businesses that are seeking out and reaching out to get, um, you know, healings and coachings and certifications. And I don't attempt to do anything to grow the business in that way. It just all comes. So as long as you're open, it's that comes in and that's when it comes in. That's when that beautiful divine masculine energy, you better be ready to use it because that's when you're going to work your ass off for a period of time. You see, everything else is so easy. And then it's like, now hit the grind. Like now you need to finish this to completion. That linear energy is that masculine energy. So once it comes, that's being in flow, it comes. Now you work your ass off because that's the masculine energy that's going to achieve the end goal, so to speak. So that's how we stay in balance with that feminine and masculine. But that's that's flow state. Yeah. Well, and then in flow, I mean you you can channel and you know and like like that was one of our first sessions was like you you like we we sat down you sat me down you're like are you ready and I was like yeah then you're like okay and you kind of looked off and you're like okay so this is what I'm getting and you just like went off for like an hour (laughs) holy shit and uh yeah I mean that was that looked like as much of flow as flow can possibly be. Yeah, it's everything that I teach and coach, it all comes from that place. That's where it comes from. It isn't little human Rachel. Rachel, human Rachel learns just as much as everybody else when I am channeling and teaching and coaching because it's just the universe wants to flow through and use your vessel and your personality to get the you know, the psychic healing, the transformational healing for that person in front of you or the group in front of you or the teaching that you're meant to teach all the people in front. It doesn't matter what it is. That's what comes through when you're that vessel, you're being divinely used to get the messages or the healings or whatever across that that person or that group of people needs to, to hear or move through. And yeah, I mean, you have to be, you have to be incredibly open you have to be very clear and you have to constantly work on yourself to be a channel at that level, you know, for it to flow through so easily. Um, a lot of, when I did it as a child, I didn't understand it. I didn't know I was doing it. You know, I had to learn what I was doing and how I was doing that and what it was. I didn't, cause I didn't understand. That's just who I always was. There was no awareness that everybody else didn't do this too, you know? So that was part of my journey was really understanding myself and how I was able to do all this so easily and, and why, you know, what's the purpose? Cause I want to use it for good, not for anything that's, you know, selfish or, you know, focused on me. It's why do I have this and, and what is it meant to be used for? And that's part of my own learning experience I had to move through too. Wow. Cool. Awareness, self-awareness. Um, okay. Question three is a good one. Uh, This is, what is your advice to aspiring creatives of all backgrounds? Heal yourself. Heal yourself. That's it. That's what you're here to do. Creativity is only blocked by your unhealed stuff and your programs that reflect your shadow self. That's it. 
Creativity flows through you easily when you are unblocked, when you are healed, when you're elevated, when you are whole. And so the whatever wants to be created through you, it just will. You know, it happens with me all of the time. You want me to create what program? Holy shit, that's a lot of work. Okay. <laughs> it just comes. It, it will flow through you. You don't have to try. You have to be open. And to be open means you have to heal yourself. And that should be your focus. The more you heal, the more you elevate, the more easily that creative uh, juices and whatever wants to be created, the universe can flow through you so easily when you focus on healing yourself. So just heal yourself. That should be your number one focus. <laughs> That's <was> great. <laughs> nice advice. I like that. <laughs> um, all right. All right. Now the last question is, Rachel, what's your definition of art? Ooh. Um, an expression of the truth of who you are. That's my definition of art, an expression of the truth of who you are. If you are, you know, working on healing yourself and just expressing what wants to be created through you, that's art. I don't care if it's a, a painting. I don't care if it's a, a, you're a music, you write music. I don't care if you sing. I don't care if you teach. You could be a professor in a classroom. That's art. If it's coming from your authentic self, you know, the expression of who you are, it's just expressing who you are in a very authentic, whole way. That's art. However, you walk through this world, authentically you, that's art to me. Yeah, I really like that you use the word truth, like it's your truth. And um, like the authentic element of it is like how close to, you know, if it's fully your truth, like that, that, that is the essence of it. And um, that's really cool. I like that definition. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that was great. All right. Well, um, this is the part of the podcast where I thank my guests for being on the pod. Um, really appreciate you bringing your wisdom and your time uh, to the people and I want to say that it's been awesome watching you grow, you grow and develop your programs, everything, um, you know, and you've been working with me for a long time and I've gotten to see your progression and it's awesome. And now you've got the Masters of Self University flowing and uh, it's just really cool. I know a ton of people are getting um, really great stuff out of this. I've recommended multiple friends to you and everybody's loved it. And it's like, um, I see really big breakthroughs in people's lives. So I'm really appreciative of you, myself Thank included. You. I've had some major breakthroughs with you and it's been, um, it's made me who I am today. So I really appreciate Thank you it. so much. I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. <laughs> uh, where can people connect with you? So the first is you can go to mastersofselfuniversity.com mastersofselfuniversity.com. Um, you'll see all the coaching programs and digital courses and live workshops that we offer there. Um, and you can also follow me on Instagram, Rachel underscore Fiore, or you can follow me on Facebook, Rachel Fiore dot MSU. That's where people can find me. Cool. Okay. Awesome. 
well that's it that's that's part one of the podcast right there we uh we got that done um we're gonna go into a little break but before we do can you leave the humans with one more piece of wisdom Mm. it can be about anything 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 i would say um one of the most powerful pieces of wisdom I can offer because most people really do want to find their love, their soulmate um, at some point in their lives. They want to have a wonderful relationship with somebody. Um, So if you really, really want that, you have to stop expecting your partner to meet your needs. You have to emotionally and spiritually mature so that you can meet your own needs so that your partner's not the person meant to make you happy. You really learn how to fall in love with yourself, love yourself so hard that everyone else can't help but love you as well. That's how it works. Stop trying to get someone to love you or accept you. Love and accept yourself. That's power. Awesome. (laughs) We'll be right back. Again. This podcast is brought to you by High Ground Coffee, an adventure coffee brand with a new twist on brewing coffee, wherein you steep coffee like it's a tea. You just drop a packet in hot water and you go. It's the newest way to brew coffee and it's awesome. Use coupon code TAYLOR at checkout for 15% off. Visit them at myadventurecoffee.com. That's myadventurecoffee.com. Okay, we're back. Rachel. How you doing? I am super fantastic. <laughs> nice. <laughs> How are you feeling good right now? Feeling good. Cool. Were you nervous at all to come no. on the, the podcast? No. Do you get nervous about any stuff like this? Um, no, not usually. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Is there anything you get nervous about? Hmm, that's a good question. I usually do not. I usually don't get nervous about anything yeah I usually it's not something I really it's not an emotion I usually experience is to get nervous about anything yeah because you're in the divine flow I'm in the divine flow (laughs) which the funny thing about that is you say that and then probably in the very near future something will make me really nervous (laughs) it's like oh you need to experience that (laughs) yeah nice well, and that's uh, that's what the podcast does. <laughs> this podcast is actually has some power to it. I feel like, um, like, I've seen I've seen changes in people that have like come onto the show, and then um, I'll watch them afterwards. And there's like they start like maybe they implement stuff, and they start leveling up in a different way or whatever. And it's um, it's cool. I feel like. I feel like a, a podcast especially one like this is sort of like a uh, like a confronting experience yeah that like pushes you and like to to answer some things and like you say things out loud and then like you know the universe hears it and then whatever absolutely goes. i love it so yeah hopefully this uh you, if you get nervous about something i want to hear about it i will pr- i promise i'll <laughs> let you know if something that. makes me nervous <laughs> i want to hear a story <laughs> um okay cool so then part two the way we do it we got the questions direction and we got the concepts direction so which path would you like to take let's try the concepts awesome okay so i have three concepts here for you and uh, okay. you're just gonna you can either choose one and talk about it whatever comes to mind or if you don't like any of these you can 
say, actually, I'd like to talk about something else. Okay. Um, whatever, whatever the universe sends to you, you can go with. Okay, so concept number one, suffering versus enlightenment. Number two is the soul and the ego. And number three is global consciousness. Okay. You want me to talk about any one of those? Any one of those, whichever one's calling to you, uh, you just pick that and then, and then just start talking. Tell me what okay. you think about things. Okay. So let's start with the first one you mentioned, suffering versus enlightenment. So the interest is, interesting thing about this concept is the, you know, the most infamous guru humans have had for centuries now is suffering. Suffering has been their guru because they weren't willing to raise their consciousness on their own. So they're kind of forced to, they're forced to suffer, 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 go through such tremendous pain that causes a lot of suffering and where they're really depressed, they are stuck in life, they're trapped in scarcity or tremendous loss over and over and over again. That suffering wears you down, breaks you down, tears you down to a point of vulnerability to where you're then willing to just be in um, one of the ways of oneness, which is the way of surrender. And if you're in full surrender to what is, you finally lay down your arms, you're stop, you no longer resist life and its challenges and what it's offering you, you're just in full surrender. That is a beautiful moment where people then have the best opportunity to start to grow and evolve. So suffering is, we don't, we don't need it. We don't have to go through suffering. And yet we have to go through suffering until we're willing to raise our consciousness level enough to where we no longer need to suffer. So enlightenment really is, it doesn't mean you won't have pain and challenges in life. It means you're willing to stop resisting life and everything that comes with your life experience. That's true enlightenment. You're really so acutely self-aware of your programs running, your wounds, that when they get triggered and activated, your response to them is light and love, nurturing, growing. What am I meant to learn from this instead of fuck this, this is bullshit, this shouldn't be happening. That's a low level of consciousness, that's resistance, that's suffering. You're gonna suffer through that experience versus, oh my God, this really sucks. Okay, let's see what I, let me be open, let me meet it with love and light. Let me meet it with my presence, with patience, with surrender as all ways of oneness. And let me, let me meet this challenge with my ability to grow and learn something from this because the universe wants me to evolve or I wouldn't be in this right now. So when we learn that, that's a level of emotional and spiritual maturity. You're, you're now walking on the path of enlightenment. You easily can become an enlightened person when you meet challenges like that. And suffering doesn't exist anymore. Why? You're filled with love. You love your challenges. You're bringing love to the challenge. There's no suffering when you're the beingness of love. There's no more suffering. Yeah. <laughs> I really like uh, the, okay, so the, the rhyme that always comes to my mind that gets recycled all the time is uh what you resist persists mm -hmm. you said it there and it's like a common thing but it's like it's so crazy how powerful it really is like resistance is this state of being that is like guarded armored up 
you're like, as I say the word contracted. Yeah. I'm like, all my muscles are tightening at the same time. It's this like, you're like bracing for impact. Mm -hmm. And, and then the state of love, like you, you just say the word love a few times. Like it almost like pours over you with this like warm golden feeling. It does. It opens. Yeah. Yeah. And so then like, it's, uh, like, yeah, when you bring, like, I like what you said, when you bring love to your challenges, to your problems, then even, I don't know, it's just like, it's like a compassion um, that's really, really beautiful. And Um, it creates a spaciousness. Love creates spaciousness. What happens in spaciousness other than everything? (laughs) Think about the universe. There are planets, there are all these things floating around in space, unconditional love, when you bring love to your challenges, to your life scenarios, to your relationships, authentic love, open heart, you're bringing spaciousness to it. And the spaciousness means there is room for love, for light, and there's also now room for the acceptance of your pain. Right. So whatever emotions get triggered, whatever the lower negative emotions that feel like crap, because of course they feel like crap, they're negative emotions. They don't feel good, but you're the spaciousness for them to be there. You're loving them. So they process spaciousness heals. That's transformational healing energy. It's feminine energy. So that spaciousness allows that momentary experience to be fully processed and moved through and you don't get stuck. It doesn't become a wound. It doesn't become another program. Why? Because when your spaciousness, which is love, same thing, it, that can't happen. It's all energetics. Yeah. It's like, uh, there's like a calcification that can happen if there isn't the space, if there isn't the warmth and the love. And, yep. uh, it's just like, if you don't give something the energy, let's say there's like a trauma in your life or a childhood wound or something or, or an issue, whatever. Um, if you just ignore it or, you know, like try not to think about it, then you're, it's, you're taking away the love and the energy from it. And then it calcifies and it hardens yes. and it becomes this like rock inside of your, yes. your energy. Whereas if you just face something and then you pour your love towards it, then it's like, it reminds me of like blood in your, in your, you know, what is it? Your vascular system. Um, and then, or like your, or your, your like air in your lungs, you know, you're mm-hmm. inhaling and like, just like breathing deep and exhaling is like, so clearing of all this, this energy, like a stagnant energy. And, and by like, um, I don't know, being open to those, those systems, those flows, those like just openness, then you can really, that's where you heal. Absolutely, because it's you're bringing the higher vibrational frequency in to meet the lower vibrational frequencies. So when you learn how to drop into your heart, connect to your heart space, expand your light throughout your entire body and energetic system, that brings love and light to whatever, say, painful emotion you might be feeling. You know, the anxiety, the fear, the worry about something. You bring love and light to it. That lower energy of worry or anxiety 
this is energetics. It has no choice but to entrain or to transform into a higher frequency. It cannot stay a lower vibrational frequency in the presence of your love, but you have to learn what it means to be authentically connected to your love and light and to grow more powerful in that versus the old programs and unhealed wounds that for a lot of people are more powerful right now. They're stronger which is why we feel weak and I can't ever heal and all this nonsense. It's no, you just have to learn how to connect to your true power, your light, grow the power of that, make that connection stronger and stronger over time. It's a process, but as long as you do your homework and you do the work, there's no such thing as this work, not working. That's the beauty of it, you know, and then everything else that are lower vibrational energies that are still floating around inside of you, unhealed stuff, they have no choice, but to heal. Because that's what happens in the presence of light. And you are the light. We just don't live that way yet. Yeah, it's like the, the catalyzing effect of love, light, compassion. It's mm -hmm. like you can't, you can't be in the same space as that and not go through the process. Yeah. That's really, that's really nice. <laughs> um, one, one concept that I wanted to throw at you that I forgot. Um, that I wrote down over here, but didn't put it here is uh, the sacred feminine. Mm -hmm. I was wondering if you would talk a little bit about uh, that concept. Sure. Sacred feminine is one of the most um, misunderstood and mistaught concepts that exist yet. That's changing. Um, it's one of the biggest things that I teach about sacred feminine energy is I refer to her sometimes as the golden compass. She's the golden compass. So the golden compass is sacred feminine energy is actually the energy that leads and masculine energy follows from the front. Most people get that wrong. We've all learned masculine energy is the leader. No, it isn't not even remotely close. That's why a lot of people suffer in their relationships. It isn't meant to be Ma divine masculine energy, healthy masculine energy. Um, I'll get to that in a second because, oh my God, do we need divine masculine energy? We'd never get anything done. But to first understand your number one role and job is to be open, transformational healing, the wisdom of the universe. That's feminine energy. That's the sacred feminine. She is the power, the light that goes into the darkness. There's no fear in going into your darkness. That's sacred feminine energy. She transforms everything from darkness into light. And she leads, but she leads from behind, you know, masculine energy follows from the front. What that means is his role of protector is he walks in front to break the wind, so to speak, to keep her safe, to see what's coming at her. And so her, as powerful as she is, she also has a softness and a gentleness there because that's partly what's needed in transformational healing, harshness, power, and gentle nurturing combined is sacred feminine, pure raw power and gentle nurturing, right? So to heal pain, you need power, fearlessness to go into the pain and into the darkness. And then you need love and nurturing to actually transform it. She's both. And so when we use, when we open ourselves up, to our feminine nature, to allow the feminine in, 
She is the divine wisdom that guides, that sees all. She sees the global or universal perspective. But because that's what she sees, and that's the wisdom that can see the truth and everything and see all, we then need, we absolutely have to have that divine masculine energy to say, this is what we need. This is what I see as feminine energy. Here's the wisdom and the global perspective. Here's why we need to do this. And then masculine says, I got you. I got it. Yes, I will now take this to completion. Shit would never get done without masculine energy. Nobody would complete anything without masculine energy. It, nothing would get done. Businesses wouldn't be created because you have to carry the plan all the way to the end. That's why masculine energy is it's so incredibly linear. A lot of people describe masculine energy as like tunnel vision, tunnel vision. There's a reason for that. It needs to be that way or nothing would ever get accomplished, achieved, goals would never get met. And so the other thing about sacred feminine and masculine is they're not separate. They are one. They work in oneness, but our brains can't comprehend it. We're not conscious enough yet to understand the truth, you know, about what feminine energy is and masculine energy is because we still live in separateness. We still live in separation programs where one's inferior and one's superior and one is this and one is that. And that's all ego and all that shit needs to be healed in order for us to step into our roles where we can offer sacred feminine when it is necessary and also appropriately masculine energy when it is appropriate, right? Healing never happens with masculine energy. Masculine has no business being a part of healing, but divine masculine has this wisdom. He knows this. So it steps back and allows, and he, he watches and he protects and he defends and he makes sure feminine is safe while she powerfully transforms what she's there to transform. You see, their roles benefit each other and elevate each other. They don't compete. They don't suppress. They don't oppress. There's no such thing of those things in divinity, right? So sacred feminine is very powerful energy and she's coming back to our planet She's been gone from our planet for centuries now, but she's coming back to, to speak the truth about what we need to do to allow her to transform our lives, our wounds, our traumas, because only feminine heals. And then the sacred feminine and the sacred masculine are something that we all have. Is that right? Like, are we all having different degrees or how does, like, what is that all Look yeah. Like. So right now we are going through a period of transition, meaning humans, humans are going through a period of transition. They're being so challenged to actually finally, truly awaken. Now, because of the way feminine energy has been desecrated and, and destroyed and raped and oppressed for so many years, it's um, men don't have access to sacred feminine right now. No man. No matter how enlightened they are, there's no such thing. They do have access to divine feminine. Divine feminine energy is stepped down from sacred, right? So I hate to use these examples, but it's just the easiest one, easiest concept for people to get. It's like saying queen versus princess, okay? You know, king versus prince kind of thing. So um, with sacred feminine only enlightened females who have healed and whole have access to the sacred feminine. Everyone on the planet has access to divine feminine. This is only temporary thing, by the way. 
sacred feminine energy is so incredibly powerful that in the past it was used, misused and put in the wrong hands. And men in our, in human devolving in their level of consciousness, we started to get very distorted in our, our masculine energy. And of course, that's where you have the competition and the, you know, domination and superior, inferior, and women are subservient and all that stuff tended to happen. And we needed to move through those experiences the last 10,000 years. But in that sacred feminine was removed from this planet because she's too powerful for, for people to use it in the wrong ways with negative intentions. And so only women have access to it and only enlightened women, only women who are a certain level of consciousness. Everyone else uses divine feminine to heal, to elevate for transformational healing. But of course, it's not as powerful, right? So you have to really truly be a certain level of consciousness because you have to be a certain level of integrity to work with such powerful energies. Whether people realize it or not, centuries ago, so many people had these energies. They use these powers all the time. That was the mystical aspect of who we were, but they were then misused. We started to devolve in our consciousness. Now you have to earn it back. You literally have to earn it back by healing yourself, elevating yourself, becoming whole, becoming a very high level of consciousness. And then yes, those energies will come in and you can use them easily. Any person to be balanced, whether you're a man or a woman, to be truly balanced and whole, you have both divine feminine and divine masculine, and you use each energy appropriately. You don't always use masculine. It's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense to always use masculine. It's like saying you are always going to wear a snowsuit, even in the desert. It doesn't make any sense, does it? Like take the fucking snowsuit off, put a goddamn bikini on. Like you need to take your clothes off. You're in the desert. It's 120 degrees. You wouldn't wear a snowsuit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And this is how misused we, we use these energies in such wrong ways. Like it's always this or it's always that. No, it doesn't make any sense. Freezing cold wintertime, you want to put all the warm layers on. That's when it's appropriate. So our responsibility as humans is to learn what energy is appropriate for what scenarios and to actually now learn how to honor those energies and use them appropriately. So when people do that, you automatically open up in your energies to receiving these energies along with the wisdom of how to use them appropriately. Wow. Sweet. <laughs> That's cool. Okay. So then, so as a, as a man, we have access to the divine feminine energy. Absolutely. Woman, you've got access to both as well, mm -hmm. or anything in between that you are. Mm -hmm. uh, it's all available. Yes. Nice. Okay. Okay. Well, do you have any questions that you would want us to go after? Any, any thoughts, anything, what's going on in your world these days? Any, any challenges you're facing? The mm, that's a good question. Any challenges I'm facing? Um, I can't say that I have a lot of challenges right now. No, that's great. I can't say that I do. And people are probably really pissed off to hear that. They <laughs> <laughs> But I can't say that I do because everything that's going on in the world is just what's meant to be, Yeah, you know? So 
I mean, individual challenges, I would say, you know, when they come, they come. A challenge right now for me is uh, too much work coming in for me to handle. So that that's my challenge right now. It's like the business is growing faster than I can keep up. That's a challenge. So trying to find the right people and hire people and be able to to grow and expand as fast as the universe wants me to, that's the biggest challenge I'm facing right now. And that's just being honest. <laughs> and it, it's a challenge. I, I work seven days a week right now. So that in and of itself is a challenge. Um, but as far as anything else, no, I'm just trying to, to be the selfless servant that, that my soul wants me to be for this planet. That can be very challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a, it, you know, where the beautiful challenges because they, they really force me to grow and expand and elevate even higher. So it's okay to have those kind of challenges. Totally. No. And that's, that's really great to hear. Um, and I think that my listeners can definitely take that as inspiration is that, um, and that's the beauty of it. When you, when you're living a life that is authentically you and like, you're going after the things that light your soul up. Yeah. And like getting to a place where you're working seven days a week feels awesome because, you know, it's a challenge. It's hard, but it feels awesome because you're where you want to be. You're in the lane that you should be in and you're going after things that you want to go after. So like, it's like the challenge is getting blessed with abundance of like, okay, here's everything you want now. Now try to handle that. Yeah. And, and that's a good little lesson for people too, as well. I want to touch on that because um, a lot of people get the misteaching. They're so ridiculous. The teachings that, you know, once you're really elevated and successful, like you'll never have to work and you can just be lazy. No, you will have periods of influx. You know, I'm in a period of influx and that means you work really hard and you show up how the universe wants you to show up. You know, it doesn't mean the Rachel me wants to work. The human me wants to work seven days a week, but I know my soul says, this is what you need to do right now. And so you just say, okay, and you do it. You know, that's a challenge. You want me to show up in this way. I'm going to show up in this way. That's radical responsibility. That's integrity. It's, it's a level of growth that is being gifted, but it doesn't come without hard work and nothing is being forced. It's handed to me. Now, what are you going to do with it? I'm going to work really hard because I can be in gratitude that this is coming into my life and into the lives of all of the people that work at Masters of Self University. It's a beautiful thing. Um, it isn't to be misinterpreted to think that it's that old you know, third dimensional paradigm of grinding and forcing and you have to work your life away. I don't believe in any of that bullshit. It's ridiculous, you know, but it doesn't mean that you will not have periods of influx where you have to work extra hard. That's the universe works really hard and it also is easy and in flow all at the same time. And that's balance. That's balance of feminine and masculine right there. That's balance of what, you know, divinity is working really hard and also in pure flow, easy, simple, receptive, you know, and it's both. So I have my moments of ease and I don't have to do much and I get to take time off and I get to ignore all of the text messages and the emails and all the constant, I need you, I need you, I need you pull in different directions. But I also have moments of influx where I work really, really hard and I'm supposed to do that so you you love every minute of it you're in gratitude for everything coming to you and as long as you live there 
you'll never be in, you know, working seven days a week for the next 20 years. It'll be just for right now. And then you get a period of rest and then it'll come again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't resist it. No. Don't <laughs> resist it. That's going to create suffering. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then bring love. And like you said, gratitude to every step of the way. Um, I, there's this concept that I like to think about and talk to people about, especially when they're on like at the beginning stages of their path. Um, it's like, let's say you want to climb to the top of a mountain and that's your goal. Well, already just having the vision of it is step one. And then the next step is your first step towards that mountain, or maybe in preparation for your mm -hmm. first step. And, but already you're on the path to yeah. the top of the mountain. Exactly. So you, you're the only place that you're happy shouldn't be the top of the mountain. Exactly. Actually, once you've like seen it and you visualize and you start preparing, like you're already on that trip now. So like, yes. Like you can feel gratitude for the whole process and for getting to the top and the beginning, you know, you can feel gratitude yes. for all of it in every step that you take all the way along every step. And so then you can really like appreciate it. And then that's where you can bring that love to the process. And let's say you sprain an ankle halfway up, like you can even give love to that. Cause that's like part of the journey and yes. you know, the challenge and the, the story of it all. And you know, nothing comes easy. So you like, you should expect some things to go wrong and you just bring love to all of it. Exactly. Because what are you, how are you meant to grow in those moments when things go wrong? You know, that's challenging you to elevate, to become someone new. That's that death rebirth process. Right. And I love that what you just shared, because, you know, I just said a few weeks ago, um, this is so, it's all so surreal how little I, I don't try to get all of this to come to me. And it's like, you're just observing. Your consciousness is observing the human experience and is just observing everything that's happening and everything that comes. And being able to be bear witness to other people's, those deep, incredible transformations that are nothing short of miracles. How, are you kidding me? I wouldn't be in gratitude. I get to witness that in you. I get to sit here and witness, you know, people move through deepest levels of transformations. They've been to therapists and, and coaches and self-help everything for years and years. And then they're ready to do the work. And I teach the work and it's like, I get to witness them heal themselves. And it's like, how lucky am I to get to see people awaken in that way, to see people heal in that way? How could I be so arrogant and selfish to think that this isn't enough. And I want to be over here. I want to be over there. That's what we're conditioned to, to think and believe and show up in the world as right. It's every moment is miraculous. Every step of this journey is so amazingly beautiful. It is incredible to see the things that are growing and happening. I get to bear witness to that. That means I have a beautiful life. You know, and it's not about being anywhere other than where I'm at right here in this moment, whatever this moment is. 
There's a beauty in this moment. It is here for my highest good, no matter what that moment is. When you live from that knowingness and you live from that space, it, how could it not be amazing? No matter what you're doing, you know, even in the moments where you have to work extra hard and you're like, God damn it, I need to rest. But you're still in a moment of this is amazing that I'm doing this right now. So it's, it's an incredible way to live. Talk about no more suffering. <laughs> Gratitude. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. All right. What else? Anything else? Anything else from you? Hmm. I'll answer anything you want or we can be done. Hmm. Um, well, one thing that, that came to mind earlier is that, uh, like a friend of mine passed away a couple of weeks ago and oh. I went and yeah. And it was really unfortunate, but I feel, I feel not that I feel good about it. Like you don't feel good about something like that, but I mm -hmm. feel like I've, uh, I've handled it in a very like heart open direct mm -hmm. way. Like I went back and I just like was there for it all. And, you know, people around me were in the same situation and everybody like we all just really like let it hit us like a wave, Beautiful. you know? And um, yeah. And it's, it's like, there was just so much love applied to it all, which was really nice. And I could see how like, you know, that was a situation that like could have catalyzed into something really painful. That would be yeah. like a thing over time, over the years. And, um, but otherwise, but it, instead it was like, full open-hearted, like, you know, going to everything, going through all the steps, going to, you know, having the conversations, like feeling all the, the, the ups and the downs and like yep. sadness, the laughter, all the, all, you know, all the everything. And, it's uh, beautiful. That's such a beautiful approach. Grief is actually um, incredibly transformative for people if they allow it to be. Again, if they just don't resist the grief or resist the pain when it hits you or resist whatever this moment brings emotionally. It's no, no resistance, just surrendering into it and allowing yourself to feel that pain, allowing yourself to laugh when it seems inappropriate to laugh or to feel joy or gratitude for this moment, or then two seconds later, pain again, deep grief. It's, it's beautiful that you were, you were able to move through that with such an openness because that's what heals and that's what elevates us. That grief is a huge transformative component if we allow it to be when we don't resist it, when we don't resist it. It's beautifully transformative. Yeah. So you can come out more powerful and in gratitude for every moment you had with your friend. And it's not a mental concept saying that it's really how you feel from the inside at the deepest level. When you allow whatever pain or grief needs to be there and you just love it and move with it, it will never stick. It'll never stay. It'll never become some wound or program when you do, when you handle it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I can feel that. I, I, I mean, there's been a lot of like layers to it all. Yeah. Um, there's like, the shock was number one mm -hmm. and then there's just like like denial was number two and then you mm -hmm. go along and, and all these different layers and I could I can just feel that like at this point it, it's kind of phased into you know I, I wish it wasn't like this but at the same time it is what it is and mm 
and now like the memories like the the positive memories are are really there in a lot of ways and um yeah by just like being there for whatever is um you don't yeah it doesn't it, i guess you're maybe like left with the best of what's possible from it absolutely absolutely i think a lot of people in that in moving through an experience like this is you know, you talk yourself out of feeling bad when the moments kind of hit, right? you know, and, and some people will kind of, well, just remember the good time. It's like, well, no, how about you learn what it means to honor your pain right now? You lost a friend, you lost a loved one. That's painful. So the moments of pain come, just honor the pain, love the pain, let the pain know it's okay that you're here. I'm right here with you. And I'm going to love you while you're here, pain. I'm going to love you while you're here. And the more love you give to the pain while it's there, there's another layer that gets healed. And then whatever else needs to come, whatever energy needs to arise, you just embrace it with your love and say, it's okay that you're here. Well, thank you for being here with me. We're going to move through this together right now. When we treat ourselves like that, you can never be alone because you always have you. Right. See? People feel loneliness to such incredible degrees, but it's because they constantly abandon themselves and they don't realize they're doing it. They abandon themselves when they're in pain and they need themselves the most. And they run or they escape or they suppress or they avoid, right? Instead of, I'm going to show up for me right now. So when my pain gets activated and I feel this, whatever this is in this moment, I am going to embrace it. I'm going to let that energy know, oh, hi, I'm right here with you. You're not alone. I'm right here. You can be here with me as long as you need to be here with me. And I'm going to love you while you're here. That's how we learn to deal with our own pain. And that is nothing but pure unconditional love. And there's a lot of power in that. Yeah. And this is really cool because it reminds me of uh, like the inner child work that I did with you, how, you know, like, experiences happen happen in childhood and no one's there to necessarily like protect your child but now as an adult mm -hmm. you can go back in, in you know like a meditative space or in your memory or your mind or however it works mind heart whatever and then you can sit with your inner child and so you can like like there was a yeah like a memory that I had and then you had me like go into my memory, like sort of like recraft myself as an adult there with yes. my inner child and then like protect the inner child from what was going on. And so then like, you know, hold space for that kid. And, and, and it was, it was like, it's so surreal. I'm like sitting there as an adult, like looking myself as a child in the eyes yeah. and being like, what do you need from me right now? You know? And like that sort of um, like taking time element, like the compassionate, like pure yeah. conditional love and like protection of the self is um, it's kind of like what you're talking about with the grief element. Like you can like hold that space for yourself and for, for whatever's there, like, whatever Absolutely. you're feeling right now it's like okay i'm here for you and that's really like the thing that we as so many different people are like we're taught to not do is exactly like, don't feel that or yeah. you know, like 
shove that in the closet and don't feel it again. Don't think about it. Like you're, you know, be tough. Yeah. Which is the hilarious thing about it is it's not toughness at all. It's weakness, right? It's running it's, from, it's running pain. from pain. Yeah. And, and we are, we learn how to be so weak and then we call it, you know, tough or strong or, you know, whatever we want to call it. And it's no, that's nothing but pure weakness, disempowerment that I can't sit here and face my own pain and love it, that I can't embrace my own pain. That's pure raw power, you know, and it's love. It's unconditional love, which is power. It's the same thing. Right. Yeah. So it's, you know, meeting yourself, what I call becoming the mystical parent is going back and nurturing and loving that child. And then it's growing that child out of the program they're running out of the fear or the pain or the wound. So it's giving them so much love, but allowing them to realize the love is coming from them because it's you, you know, and then you learn to grow the love and light within yourself. And you realize I'm really powerful. I can handle any pain that comes my way, no matter how extreme it is, no matter how scary, I can just be the love and light that I am, which allows me to then grow up and grow out of the pattern of fear or shame or weakness or whatever it might be. And that's what allows our souls to heal and then to integrate into our human selves. It's a beautiful, that's the mystical part of all of this type of work. And it's beautiful. It's magical. Yeah. And that's, that's like emotional independence. Yes. And like emotional, um, I don't know, like sovereignty or like adulthood. Like yes. Full development where like you can, you can be it all, like you can feel it all, you can experience it all and you can like be through it all you got it and then it's no longer a i need someone else to do this for me i'm codependent and weak and needy that goes away no you don't you just learn how to do this for yourself and learn to experience it energetically so that you can then reproduce it over and over again and that's how you become more powerful with it and then what you have to offer other people is your love and your power not your programs and your wounds yeah that's spiritual maturity that's spiritual maturation at its best yeah yeah you're not you're not bringing your um like your triggers your defensiveness your anything like that because you've yeah. worked that on your own and then you can just yeah. be there for other people it's really interesting after like doing all this work with you and like you know all my experiences in life over the last whatever years um I feel like I'm, I'm able to like hold space for people more and I can just like be and then listen. And it's like amazing how people just open up about yeah. this and that and whatever, because they're like, oh, well, like this is like a comfortable, this is like a safe space to talk. Okay. Absolutely. I never say this to anybody, but like, uh, you know, like this is what's going on or whatever. And that's the beautiful part about the work is then you offer the magic that is you just by being you. Right. That means that you are safety. You are spaciousness. You see, because you do the work on yourself to heal your own wounds. That means you can sit with somebody else in the presence of theirs and not judge and just be the spaciousness that they need to move through their stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that non-judgmental element, like that's, that's yeah. what you're doing with your inner child. Cause I yeah. think like, so many people especially in like older paradigms of parenting and whatnot there's just so much judgment and then not allowing mm -hmm. a kid to just be a kid or allowing a kid to just like cry feel what they feel yeah cry whatever the fuck 
yeah. And so then it's like, no, don't do that. Don't, you know, I just picture like some like old English, like, like teacher, like rapping some kid on a knuckles for like feeling sad about something. And it's like, now it's like, no, you like, there's no judgment, whatever you're feeling, you just feel. And like, cause, cause there's no way around it. Like if there's a trigger or a trauma, it is what it is. And yep just like someone passing like it is what it is you can't yep. change any of that exactly like you have to sit there in non-judgment and deal with whatever it is or else it's not going to go away it's exactly be there and you can either deal with shit now or you can deal with it in 20 years or on your deathbed or never yep. or whatever but it's not like it's it's much better to deal with things as they happen as they happen, because they're going to continue to get triggered for the rest of your life if you don't. I mean, that's what people are learning the hard way. That's suffering. You know, so the universe is letting you know when you get triggered with something. Oh, look, this got activated within me. Hmm, this is something that needs to be seen, understood by me. This is something that I need to understand more deeply about myself. Why am I reactionary with this? Why do I feel fear? Why am I in pain over this? Why am I... Um, experiencing jealousy for example what is this and you learn to meet it with love so that it can teach you those emotions are there to teach you how to come into your power into your unconditional love that you are you wouldn't know how to do that as a human if you didn't go through the pain and the trauma and the negative emotions to begin with so they're there to teach you but we've been resistant to learning for a long time because humans have been very unconscious for a long time we've been in resistance versus openness, heart-centeredness, receptivity of what is this experience? What is this pain here to teach me? And to embrace the pain means I'm embracing the teaching. I'm embracing the wisdom, the gift that is hidden inside of the pain. Inside of all pain, there is a gift hidden in there. But you have to be brave enough and courageous enough and a light warrior to go into the darkness, into the pain with your love and light, meet it with love so that you can then gain the gift that is hidden in there waiting for you to unwrap it by going into the pain. Never get the gift if you avoid the pain or suppress it. Yeah. And the gift is like your true nature. That's your true nature anyway. Well, it's really cool because relationships are like this place where one person's triggers and habits and programs collide with another one's yep. triggers and programs and all these things and like historical family backgrounds and all these things. And like, and it starts out relationships are like this, like beautiful, fun dance. And then like, uh, you know, the honeymoon phase wears off and then there's like the real, there's all this. There's like, the, <laughs> yep. like we as humans are kind of like these puppets and it's like the tangling of the, the lines and then you have to like figure out what's going on. And um, I mean, it's really cool. Like Haley and I had one situation with you that we were working through and we realized that like, it was like this, like sort of an argument or, or whatever the situation was on the surface level, but we both got like tied back to like oh this was like a formative experience for Taylor that turned out to do this and like was manifesting in these ways yep and then it also tied back to a formative experience for Haley that were manifesting in these ways and it was the manifestations that were clashing yes and then under the surface 
both of us were actually doing the same thing like core wound was the same yeah same core wound it was crazy core wound was the same this is the beauty yeah isn't it wild yeah like after that like it like the thing went away like it was wild it was like oh I get you now and I see what was going on and she got me and all of a sudden it was like oh that's that's done. Okay. That's it. Sweet. <laughs> done. Gone for good. That's transformational healing. It's those surface programs. You, you each had different behavioral programs that you were running and there was the clash. But when you do the work and you go deeper, deeper and connect the dots, you get to the core wound. You both have the same core wound and it allows you to see your partner on a deeper level with a level of connection and compassion. And oh my God, we're both running we both have the same core wound. It's just manifesting in different behavior programs. Do you feel like people connect with other people that have similar core wounds? Is that like a a regular thing or do humans just all have similar core wounds? um, A lot of humans have similar core wounds, but people are attracted to other people who are going to trigger their programs. (laughs) This is how we reenact our childhoods over and over again in our relationships. And we don't realize that relationships aren't here to make you happy. They're here to make you conscious. And so your relationship, whoever that is for you, your partner is going to trigger and activate every single thing within you that is unhealed and needs to be seen. That is of a lower level of consciousness or your shadow self or your unhealed wounds. Your partner is going to trigger that stuff. They're meant to. And, and traditionally we, Oh, you know, we're just not getting along. This isn't the one for me. And we run and we don't even realize like I'm the common denominator in every relationship I've ever been in. So every relationship that doesn't work out, who was the same? Who was the constant? It's you every time. And so when we learn that, well, I'm the common denominator in every relationship I've ever been in, maybe it's time to look within and heal myself and realize my partner in front of me is there to trigger me so I can heal me. That's it. You're not there to make each other happy and to meet each other's needs and to function in such a low level of consciousness and codependence anymore. You're there to awaken and heal all that shit. So it's no longer a part of who you are, which then means it's no longer a part of what a relationship is. And that means we are healing generational and ancestral trauma. And it doesn't exist anymore. We don't then pass it down generation to generation in whatever form it's you're here to trigger me so I can see what I need to heal within me. That's what our partners are for. And you do that. You have the most beautiful, magical relationship because you realize you're triggering me right now. I want to fucking kill you, but instead (laughs) I'm not, I realize I got to heal me right now, which is why I want to fucking kill you for triggering this. (laughs) Right. And we can laugh at and say, give, I need 15 minutes. I got to go do my inner work because you just triggered the shit out of me. And I know it's my pain and my programs that got triggered. If it didn't exist, you wouldn't get triggered. Right. So there's that radical responsibility. There's that spiritual and emotional maturation. We look at relationships very differently with this kind of work that we offer here. This is the kind of coaching that we offer, you know, at Masters of Self University. And it's magical. It is nothing short of just it's magical. That's so cool. Oh, relationships. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, relationships. Oh, relationships. <laughs> How we love And they're also the way that we evolve. It's beautiful. Yeah, they are. They really are. But it's so cool because it's like it it can be so much more than we than people have thought in the past yes. of a relationship is just somebody who like you know who you can get old with and but that a lot of that comes with the codependency like someone people are like like you complete me saying oh that, god saying that to somebody i yeah. just vomited in my mouth <laughs> yeah exactly and it's like and it should make you feel that way because it's gooey as hell and it but it's but it's codependent it means that like yep. without you i'm not whole yep. and and so then there's just like inherently a problem there yeah absolutely when we shift into our power and we know that i complete me i'm responsible for me i'm responsible for my own healing my own growth my own happiness then what i bring to the table is not a burden oh people need to hear that when we bring our neediness and our codependence and our programs and our wounds into a relationship, we are also a burden to our partner because we expect them to heal us and to tolerate us and to put up with us and to make us happy when I'm not happy. That's no one else's responsibility to make me happy. It's my choice to heal myself so that happiness can flow outwards from within right? And anything else you bring to that relationship at that point is nothing but abundance. Like that's a sacred relationship is I'm willing to take radical responsibility for me. I'm willing to heal myself when you so, so graciously trigger the shit out of me so I can see what I need to heal, right? <laughs> Thank you for that. And when I take the responsibility to heal, it means I'm growing. I grow out of my childlike codependent programs which means what I show up as in this relationship is a more magnificent version of me. And that's the gift I am to you when I look at relationships in that way. You see it? And your relationship just grows and improves and gets more magnificent all the time when you see a relationship from that level of divine wisdom versus the childlike codependent survival nonsense that we all grew up with that keeps us at a low level of consciousness and dysfunctional. Yeah. And it reminds me of the, the metaphor of a, a healthy relationship of being two trees that are planted far enough apart so that they can mm -hmm. grow into like their fullness. Beautiful. It's like if they're planted too close together, then they're going to be drawn on each other's water and shade yeah. and stuff and they're going to get all entangled. And then it's like, uh, yeah, they don't become their full versions of themselves. Beautiful analogy. I love that. Beautiful analogy. Look at you, spiritual teacher of wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, beautiful. I like to, I'm, I'm, I get to hang out and talk with some pretty amazing people. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. Okay, cool. Well, I think, I think I got everything out of this that I was hoping to. How about you? Anything else? Beautiful. Oh, it was fabulous. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, uh, Rachel, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it so much. It's beautiful to share this kind of space with you. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right. Cheers. Cheers. So that my friends was Rachel Fiore with masters of self university. She's awesome. That was awesome. I 
<laughs> we ended up staying on and talking for another half an hour and uh i wish that we were recording that part too because there was all kinds of new wisdom that came out um yeah you just gotta follow her and stay tuned to what she's doing um i follow her on instagram and facebook and um i'm always liking all her posts that she's throwing out there it's a nice little daily dose of wisdom and heart and soul for you um yeah that was really cool to have her on because I've, I mean, my like four or five sessions that I've had with her personally, and then also the ones with um, Haley have been really transformational in my life. And um, yeah, it's funny how there's like, there's like surface level things in your life that are maybe like problems or challenges. And you might think that those are like the issue of like where the problem is, but really those might just be like the reflections of the problem that is actually like way deeper down in your psyche or your heart or soul or whatever. Um, and then those things like that, if you can just fix that or give shed light on that or give love to that, then it can make all the difference on the surface level. Like the surface level things don't even happen at that point. And, um, you see that they weren't the problem. They were just the manifestation of the problem. Pretty wild stuff being a human, right? You guys, it's crazy. <laughs> this whole journey that we're on, this evolving journey of life is a pretty wild trip. And uh, yeah, lots of, lots of things to learn and appreciate and love along the way and uh yeah my advice you guys ready for my advice my advice is just be there be present be open for all of it because uh you can't run from stuff that doesn't do anything doesn't do any good um so the only other option is really just to face it face it all let it hit you like a wave and then uh learn learn from it that's all i got cheers